Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall Bringing forth the written word of God to one and all Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall Listen to the watchman on the wall Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. We're going to have an amazing broadcast today. I believe that we have something very special from the Lord. It's all going to be about balance today. And I have something that I think is a, is a culmination of everything that we have talked about in the last several months. So I want to check my settings here real quick, make sure our audio is going through loud and clear. Good. All right. So we have been talking about this for a very long time. And uh, if, if you could imagine 20 years of prophesying, 20 years of releasing, both on the light side of the day and on the dark side of the day, and then finding a chapter in the Bible, supernaturally led by the Holy Spirit, that wraps it all up and says, here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's what this is all about. Well, we're going to share that word here in just a little bit, but I want to welcome everybody to the broadcast today. I want you to know that the river of God is still flowing, and if you have not yet come into contact with that river, you need to. You need to find out where that river is, and you need to go to the river, and you need to make contact with it, but better yet, that river... 
is available to you to embrace and to bring inside of yourself. Very real, very true. There is a river that flows from the very throne of God. It's known as a crystal clear river. The crystal clear waters of the river of God spoken of in Revelation chapter 22. And isn't that interesting? We're in the year 2022. And that in Revelation chapter 22, I'd like to just read it here for just a brief moment. Uh, Let me just pull this up here. And I wasn't planning on doing this. That's why I'm getting a little bit late. You're going to love this today. I really believe it's going to help a lot of people. Uh, So I'm going to go and go to this Revelation chapter 22. Let's read it, okay? Revelation chapter 22. We're in the year 2022. Uh, The first month, the month of the rod, okay, war, and you're starting to see this thing happening like this. And so may the mind of Christ be in us. May we have spiritual discernment. May we have the ability by the Spirit of God to interpret what's going on right now. So in Revelation 22, it speaks this way. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. So let's talk about it. You know and I know, and perhaps maybe you're new to the podcast and you've never heard these things before, but Jesus spoke about it in John chapter 7. And what I'll do is I'll just go ahead and open that up real quick. John chapter 7, Jesus was in a very interesting situation in his life. Uh, No doubt during the Feast of Tabernacles, he had all kinds of speculation going on around his life. But he came to a place, and Jesus said this in John chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39 says, but this spoke he of the spirit, of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. All right. So, Jesus Christ himself, the Lord and Savior of the universe, the Master, the King of heaven, the King of glory, the way, the truth, and the life, the only begotten Son of the Father, he says during the Feast of Tabernacles 2,000 years ago that whoever believes in him that out of their belly would flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Uh, It says, he that believes on me. So what the Bible is actually saying, what Jesus said to all men and women, and it says, again, this way, he that believes on me, and he stood saying, if any man thirst." Now, let's think about this for just a moment. In our daily devotions, Patricia and I were actually in John chapter 4 today. And in John chapter 4, it's one of my favorite stories. And it's about a woman at the well. 
And I think everybody basically knows the story. And let me paraphrase it for you. And you may want to take the time to go back to John chapter 4 and read this and then go to John chapter 7. And I think you're going to find some amazing stuff in Revelation chapter 22. Okay, so here's what it looks like in John chapter 4. Jesus is with his disciples. They're on their way north to Galilee. But on the way there, they have to go through Samaria. In those days, (coughs) the Samaritans and Jews were like the racial friction of the blacks and the whites in the 19-whenevers, okay? And there's racial friction. There's cultural friction. There's religious friction. And the Jews and the Samaritans, they did not come together. They did not greet each other well, all right? So they had some very real issues all the way back there. So what's going on in our world today, there's nothing new under the sun. We get it. We understand that. But here's Jesus now on his way to Galilee. He has to go through Samaria. The disciples go to the city to get some food, and Jesus is sitting at a well because he's weary in his journey. And you can imagine this and think about this. Here's the master, the Messiah. He's sitting at the well because he's weary in his journey. And everybody's gone. He's sitting alone. And I want you to imagine that this well was on top of a little hill, and there was a little road going all the way down into the city of Samaria, okay, to where the Samaritans were. And it actually tells us it was called Sychar. Uh, the, the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, uh, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Okay, this is the scripture now. And now Jacob's well, verse 6 of John chapter 4, was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. Now, Samaria, so here's Sychar, here's Samaria, and there's a road going down into the city, and this woman comes up that road to the well that's at the top of this little bluff to draw water. Jesus is sitting at that well alone, and he said unto her, give me to drink. May I have something to drink? I'm thirsty. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And so that's where you get into this friction, this uh, religious, this cultural, this um, racial friction that was going on at that time. And this woman's very aware of it. And Jesus said unto her, If you knew the gift of God, And who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Now, this woman's response to him is this, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Okay, so she's looking at things. Now, we're going to get behind the scenes. We're going to spend a few minutes in this because it's going to relate to everything we're going to talk about today. And so we got to get behind the scenes of this woman's life, and we're going to do that. But at this moment, she's looking at things with her natural eyes. She sees a man sitting at the well. 
He's Jewish. There's not supposed to have anything to do with Samaritans, particularly Samaritan women. Okay. And so this is where she sees. And he's saying to her, because of her questioning him, we're not supposed to deal with you. Um, he's saying to her, I have water for you that's living water, right? That's what he said to her. You would have asked him, and he would have given you the living water, living water. And then she questions him. You don't have anything to uh, to draw with. The well is deep. Where are you going to get this living water from? And she goes on, and she says in verse 12, Are you greater than our father Jacob? which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. So here's a woman, and we will get behind the scenes of her life in just a moment. Here's a woman. She's coming up the road out of the city, which she's been doing all the time. She's going for some water. But this day, there's a man at the well. This day, there's somebody conversing with her. Somebody is kind of getting things a little weird. He's offering her living water. She's not getting it. And she all of a sudden releases this idea, hey, do you know this is Jacob's well? This is where Jacob drank and where his children drank and his cattle drank. You know, this is about the extent of her religious inspiration, you know, and she probably didn't think about it every day she went up there. It was like, I'm going to Jacob's well. No, she was going to do her job every single day, right, to get this water. Now, Jesus said to her in verse 13, whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water bringing up into everlasting life. In other words, here's the Messiah, Yeshua, saying to the woman, I've got water for you that will be in you a well an everlasting well. In other words, you'll be able to dip into, you'll be able to draw out of the well I'm going to put in you into eternity, into everlasting life. You're never going to run dry. Your well is never going to run out of water. And what water was he talking about? He was talking about John chapter 7. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. So obviously, Yeshua is talking to this Samaritan woman. He knows what's going on in his understanding. She doesn't have a clue yet. He knows the reality about her life, which we're going to see here in just a moment. And he's wetting her appetite. She's boasting in her little bit of religious inspiration about Jacob's well. That's what they had. Okay? And yet he's saying, man, you could drink this water, ma'am, all you want. You could drink it all you want. You're going to be thirsty again. You're going to be thirsty again. You're going to have to keep going back. But I've got something to put in you. I've got something to put in you that you can carry into everlasting life. This is why I never understand how people that are Christians today say, well, I'm going to have to retire now because I'm old. I lived out my days. I've done my ministry. I've done my work. I've done all these things. Are you kidding me? You've got a well on the inside of you that never runs out. You're never going to be too old. I mean, it goes into everlasting life. You could tap into your well. You could drink deep anytime that you need to. Come on, that river of life. This is what God is talking about. This is what Jesus is saying, and he's telling us through all these stories that that spirit of life is in us. 
and it's a river, and it flows. And in Revelation 22, it's a crystal clear river, right? So let's go on in the conversation. The woman said unto him in verse 15, Sir, give me this water. Now she's getting down to the, the brass tack of things. Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She, in reality, while she was boasting in Jacob's well, the reality of her heart, the condition of her heart, she was so tired of this ritual. She was so tired of getting up and going up. And she was like, man, Lord, if you got some water for me and it's living water, I, I, I want it because I don't want to be thirsty anymore inside my soul thirst that this water could never quench. And I don't want to come here to draw out of this well again. I mean, it's almost like saying uh, you're working at a job and you're just doing it because you have to do it. It's your means to an end. I mean, you're, it gets put food on your table. You're a waitress in a restaurant. You're serving tables. You go through all the things the women in restaurants have to go through with all the stuff. A tough boss, working hard, carrying plates, hurting their wrists, you know, dealing with customers. And you're doing it. You're wearing a smile. And you're, okay, I'm doing it. But it's really the last place in the world you want to be. And all of a sudden, somebody walks into that restaurant one day and says, hey, I've got something for you. I have something for you. And by the time he's done with the conversation or whoever that person is, that waitress at the restaurant is going, man, if you've got something, give it to me. I don't ever want to come here again. I don't want to wake up another morning. I don't want to drive my car over to this restaurant and deal with that boss one more time. Lord, if there's something you have, then give it to me. Give me something that will satisfy the thirst of my soul. Give me something. This religious tradition, this coming to Jacob's well, I'm bored with it. I'm bored with the tradition. I'm bored with the creed of our denomination. I'm bored with the repetition of doctrine. I'm bored with all of these things. I'm just bored with it. I do it, and when I get comes right down and I'm threatened, you know, I'll boast a little bit about what I got. And what does Jesus say to her? So the moment this woman is asking him, now, sir, give me this water so I thirst no more, and then I don't have to come up to dry out of this well ever again. What did Jesus say to her in verse 16? Go, call your husband, and come hither. Oh, my gosh. Now, you can just see everything sink in her. She had this hope. Give me this water. I don't want to thirst. But now he's saying, go get your husband. And what does she say? I don't have a husband. You know, for just a minute, I really thought that you had your act together. You know, you had me believing that I wouldn't have to come to this well anymore. You had me believing that you were going to take me beyond my tradition into something greater, that you were going to fill and meet a need in my life that has never been met before. And it all of a sudden, you know, you just show yourself empty. You tell me to bring my husband. I don't have a husband. You're not the real deal. But what does Jesus do? Jesus answered and said to her, you have well said. <laughs> you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. Can you see Jesus? You've said it right, sis. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not your husband. In that you say truly, 
whoa, she springs back to life again. I mean, she's like, how did you know that? Are you from the Roman CIA? Are you from the Roman FBI? Are you an investigator? Were you looking in? How do you know? I've had five husbands, and the man I'm with right now is not my husband. Oh, my gosh. You know, this is an epiphany to her. And the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And then she goes into this diatribe of thought, and she says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, where we're getting, this is Jacob's well, this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she comes into this point of talking about worship, worshiping God. She perceives he's a prophet, but she's talking about we worship in this mountain, you Jews worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus says to her, woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship you Samaritans, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. So there it is. But the hour comes, and now is, he's talking to her directly, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Worship the Father. Not on this mountain, not in Jerusalem, but in your spirit, in your heart. For the Father seeks such to worship him. And then Jesus says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. My don't shed on me cup. Thanks, Paul. Hmm. So now Jesus is talking about God as the spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman, after hearing this, says unto him, I know that the Messiah comes. Oh, she's gone from him being a prophet to this kind of conversation has got me thinking about the Messiah. And she says, I know that Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. And here it is. Jesus said to her, I that speak unto thee am he. Wait a second. Let's go back into her life just a little bit and how the story has something to do with us. I perceive this woman in my mind that she's been living down in the city. She's a city girl. Her reputation has been sullied terribly. Five five husbands. She may have been known as the Black Widow. She has these five men. She's married. She's gone, married, gone, five husbands. She grew up there. She's living there. Everybody knows her. She's now with a guy, probably out of convenience. He's paying the bills, a roof over her head, food, but he wants her to go up there and get that water out of that well every day. 
She is broken. <clears throat> she has never been satisfied. And if she ever was satisfied with one of those husbands, he's gone now. And who knows what the other five were like and the one she's with. But there's nothing about her life. All she is doing is existing. She's existing. Shelter over my head, food in my belly. I get the water. He and with me. She's existing. She's in absolute drought. There's no satisfying the thirst. Maybe every one of those husbands was a new hope. A hope that maybe this one will satisfy my heart. Maybe this one will satisfy me. Maybe that one will satisfy me. Maybe the one I'm with will satisfy me. She's looking to be satisfied. She's got this thirst. It's unquenchable. Nothing of this world is meeting her need. She's got shame, guilt. She's breaking the law of God. She's living in a fornication and adultery. Um, you know, I mean, she's loaded with condemnation, and she drags that water pot every day up that hill to get that water out of that well. And the only inspiration she's got when it comes down to it, this is Jacob's well. There's nothing real about it. Minor inspiration, something of a spark. But now she meets at this well that day the Christ the Mashiach, and he's speaking to her about living water, and he's saying to her, I have authority to give you water of life inside of you that will become a well inside of you that will spring up into everlasting life. You'll have an eternal well, and the Holy Spirit is the eternal Spirit of God. And Jesus said, when we receive the Holy Spirit, he will be with you forever. So in other words, when you're born again, when you get filled with the Spirit of God, that is not a religious thing. That is the living water that you can tap into every day of your life if need be, and be refreshed and be quenched and be satisfied. That's what God is saying. And so Jesus has a greater purpose in all of this. It's not just for this woman. He's got a bigger plan that he's going to win an entire Samaritan city where there's been racial friction, where there's been religious friction, where there's been social friction, where there's been cultural friction. And yet in his mind, because he's God, he's going after the whole world, all right? And so now, what happens here, that when he tells her that I am the one, the one that's speaking to you, I'm, I am the Messiah, by the way. Uh, I'm he. I am the Christ. And what does she do? Um, well, we, we're told here, and I'll show you how it goes in verse 27. And upon this came his disciples. So he told her that, and you're going to see in a moment, she left. At that moment, he says, I am the Messiah. It says, and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot. 
She left it there. That old water pot, that old system, that old way of doing things, she left it at the Messiah's feet, basically. She left the water pot and went her way into the city, and she's now speaking to the men of the city, saying, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Now, in the meanwhile, it says in verse 31, so get the scene. Jesus is with the woman. He reveals to her this incredible truth. The disciples come. They're looking at the master with, the, with their bags of groceries, and they're thinking, Lord, what are you doing talking to this woman alone? What, you know, what are you, what are you looking for? But they didn't dare say a word. They were just blown away that the Samaritan woman is with their Messiah, the Jewish Messiah. And, oh, my God, what are you doing talking to her? What's going on here? But they're too afraid to say anything. Well, she's so excited. She leaves. She's down in the city telling all the men, you got to come. I think I met the Christ. I know I met the Christ. In the meantime, it says in verse 31, his disciples prayed him saying, Master, we're not going to even ask you about this woman, but Master, you need to eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you don't know about. I have food. Therefore, said the disciples one to another, because they never get it, um, ha has any man brought him food to eat? Maybe, somebody, maybe this woman brought him food. Maybe he already had a meal. Somebody, somebody may have fed him. And Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And I believe that what Jesus was saying at that moment, my meat, my food is to do his will, which is to get, win the souls of humanity. And I'm at work right now, and it's filling me up, man. When you're doing the work of God, when you are doing the will of God, you don't even think about being hungry. When that anointing is flowing, you don't know your pain exists, for goodness sake. It's true. Say not ye. Now he's talking to them. The woman's gone. She's rallying the troops in Samaria. They're coming out of the city. Jesus is up on the hill talking to his disciples, and he says to them, Say not, there are yet four months and then comes harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And in those days, the people would wear these white robes. And so coming out of the city and up the hill, he's now directing their eyes, lift up your eyes and look upon the fields. And here is coming a huge population of people out of Samaria. And he's saying, guys, Lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he's talking about the harvest of men's souls, the reaping of the souls. And Jesus goes further, and he says, He that reaps receives wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal, that both he that sows and he that reaps may rejoice together. Now, Jesus was sowing at that moment into the woman who went and preached to the people, and then he says in 37, and herein is that saying, true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you, disciples, to reap that whereupon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. Now, what's really cool, and many of the Samaritans of that city, see, they all were coming to Jesus. And I could just see it. You know, I, I could just see it, and I think even in The Chosen, they, put, they, they, they pictured it this way in the show, The Chosen. Here he's talking to them. They're, they're in awe about the whole, you know, woman thing, and then 
you know, they're thinking it's eating and, and they're like, Lord, you got to eat. And he's telling them this. And he said, look, look, guys. And they're watching. And here comes a whole group of people. And he's saying, there's your harvest. And you're going to reap it. And how do they reap it? Well, in verse 36, many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. So for two days, the city of Samaria, that never had anything to do with the Jews, and these Jewish disciples are going, what are we doing here? My God, Lord, these are Samaritans. And he goes down with them and spends two days with them. And what's he doing? You see, we don't have the gospel of the, of the conversation of Jesus with the Samaritans. But can you imagine what Jesus was saying to them for two days? In verse 41, and many more believed because of his own word. So whatever Jesus was saying to those Samaritans on the, in those two days, there were many more believing. The whole city of Samaria was getting saved. The whole, a church was growing in Samaria and the disciples were there, and they were probably being ministered to and ministering. They're reaping. And they said unto the woman, all these new converts said to the woman, now we believe, not because of your saying. They probably have issues still. For we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You know, it's kind of an extensive story. But it's totally connected to the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's available to everyone who believes. Even on January 27th, 2022, uh, planet Earth, anyone who believes becomes the recipient of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we read now in Revelation chapter 22, in verse 1, he showed me a pure river. This is the Holy Spirit of the living God, of water of life. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. It's inside a well springing up unto everlasting life. He's talking about the river. And he's saying that the river, the Holy Spirit, is crystal clear. He said, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. See, I believe that the Holy Spirit is so holy, so pure, and so crystal clear that when it flows through us, <clears throat> that's where life is. That's where life is. You have to know that there's a crystal clear river of life inside of you because you believe in Jesus and have received it. And that Holy Spirit is designed to take you wherever it is wants to take you. See, I believe that in the Holy Spirit, there's a divine intelligence, the very intelligence of God. It's the Spirit of God. It's the all-knowing, omnipresent, omnipotent, potent, om, whatever, okay? It's, it's greater than Omicron, someone said. No, this, spirit, this Holy Spirit river has intelligence. It has wisdom. It has power. It has the ability to comfort. It, it teaches. It knows all things. This river is inside of you, and its mission is to take you to where God wants you to go. And sometimes we get filled with the Holy Spirit, but we're so afraid of letting go and allowing the, the river to take us where it wants to. We're like that woman. Oh, you know, we don't have any dealings with you. I got this well over here. I've got my own thing going on. You know, we, we just, in this place, we're afraid 
to let the river take us. Now, where is the river going to take you and I? Into a transition from human nature to divine nature, into the likeness of Christ. I mean, there's so much. Why is this important to today? That crystal clear river of water of life is in you, and you can tap into it every moment of your life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how sick you are, how depressed you are, how busted you are, how poor you are. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and start digging into the well that God gave you as a gift and stir the gift of God within you, as Paul wrote to Timothy, stir the gift of God within you, stir up the living waters. They haven't run dry. They're not through. It's not empty. The spirit never runs dry. That's a word for somebody today. How do you stir it up? Pray in tongues. Whatever you got to do, stir the gift of God within you. Pray, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, sing in the Spirit, worship in the Spirit. Stop listening to the thoughts that come into your head first thing in the morning. Start worshiping beyond it. Get above it. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Why? Because it's life. It's life. You know, that woman got filled with the Holy Spirit that day. And those believers got filled with the Holy Spirit. It's almost like the church began in Samaria. And I know after the Lord left, those disciples went down there. They had communion with the Samaritans. God was teaching a lesson. I am not about Jew and I am not about Gentile. I'm about humanity and getting them filled with the eternal spirit of life him back to the Father. He's not about the Jew-Gentile paradigm again. That is so earthly. That is so weak. This is not replacement theology. This is all-inclusive theology. Jesus including all of humanity to himself to reconcile to the Father. Wherever you are today, whatever's going in your life today, You must believe that the Messiah is sitting at the well. He's with you. He's now meeting you at the place you're you're totally disgusted with. You're inwardly dissatisfied with. I mean, there is such dissatisfaction within your soul. And the Lord is meeting you there today. Today. To say, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, set the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Do you want it? That's what he's saying. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me. That life abundantly. See, Jesus is sitting right now with you where you are saying, I got it. You want it? And we're saying what? Yes. Yes, Lord. Give me this water so that I thirst no more. 
and I don't have to come and do this thing ever again. Get up in the spirit. Rise up in the spirit right now. The spirit of God, living waters, full of intelligence, passion, power. Come on. Here it is. Take it today. Say, Lord, I take it. And then go tell everybody you know about this Jesus that just told you everything you know about yourself. You need him to tell you more about you? He already told you about your dead-end job, the relationship you're in. You're not satisfied with it. I mean, you're just doing it out of repetition. You got a little biblical inspiration about something you know, but there's something more than just having biblical information. There's an experience with the Holy Spirit that belongs to you, waiting. It's in you. And what do we do? We, we compartmentalize it? No, 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 no. You got to get excited, even in these last days, even in these end times. Praise the Lord. I feel like having church, man. And what I mean by that is I feel like getting together with some brothers and sisters that are excited about Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. I think we should start prophesying right now. We should fill the airwaves with prophetic words. We should release healing. I love this guy comes to Jesus and he says, Master, my son is at the point of death. And Jesus goes, you know, you guys won't believe unless you see signs and wonders. Oh, but that doesn't matter, Lord. Just come on. you got to heal him before he dies. He says, ah, your son is healed. He gets there the next day. His son is healed. When did it happen? The same exact moment Jesus said, speak the word. Speak the word, man. Holy Spirit life. Jesus, every, you know, what's so cool about his life. Do you know Jesus didn't have a home? When he was 30, he said, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The foxes have holes, the birds of the air have this. That's why he would say, hey, Zacchaeus, I need to be with you today. Uh, go tell that guy I need his donkey today. Tell Matthew, I need to be in your house today. I need to sleep over. He's walking through the land of Israel. Disciples have left their nest. They're all walking, and they're going here. What was leading him? The Spirit of God, the intelligence of God. How does God want you to live your life intelligently by his spirit to move you and to guide you? So just let it go. Don't try to figure it out. Let it go. Flow. Your life on earth is coming to a close, but the spiritual eternal life of God, stop playing it safe, for goodness sake. Go where the spirit tells you to go. Holy Spirit told me through other people that have the Holy Spirit, don't sign that contract. Don't get on that television network. Even though there are 236 million viewers, don't do it. I had to make a decision. Well, that sounds really appetizing. Boy, Lord, we could get this word out way 236 million homes. I had two men in the same day, godly men, that said to me, don't do it. Basically, they didn't say that, but the way they shared, carefully by the Holy Spirit, they shared. You do what you want to do, but this is what we're hearing. And I knew. I just absolutely knew. Okay, done, deal. Called them up, texted them, emailed. Not going to go there. Thank you for the offer. So we let it go. And I'm thankful for the prayers of the saints. But what we're doing right now, Somebody's out there receiving. Somebody right now is connecting with this word. Somebody has got to say, this is exactly what I needed to hear this morning. And we're not even done yet. 
we got to get into some other deep stuff. But this is the spiritual death my, my spirit craves. And I could just see us getting together. Can you imagine a bunch of people getting your river comes, their river comes, that river comes, and all of a sudden all these rivers start joining together in one place? You know, that's what church is supposed to be. When we gather together, everyone's river flowing into that place. People are afraid to let it flow. River, man. And how does the river flow? If you really want to know how church is supposed to be done, oh, my God, it's right here in 1 Corinthians. I didn't know I was going to do this today, but I just feel an unction to do it. When we gather together, what should it look like? I mean, I could go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, for example, and uh, let's see, uh, verse 26, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? Every one of you has a song or a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. In other words, when you come together, he says, every one of you are to let the river flow. We attempt to do this in our ministry. We attempt on a Saturday, a Sunday, whatever, to give people opportunity to speak into it. You know how many times I sat in meetings where the Spirit of God was flowing through the man of God, and I was getting up here, and I, I wanted to burst, but they wouldn't give place for anybody else to speak. We're trying to let people speak, and if you get built up and you got to explode, you let it out, because we want the river. But we don't want that muddy river of solical anointing, psychological anointing. No, we want the Spirit of God, crystal clear river, to flow so that we could all what? We could all be edified. So I've got a shift. I've got a shift. Okay. You ready? When I say you're going to need this river, <laughs> I mean you're going to need this river. All right? So let's talk. Let's talk. First of all, Headline news. I'm going to read an article to you real quick. Headline news. And I want you to listen carefully how this article was written. And I want you to listen very carefully to the words and the spirit behind this article. This is headline news, CBS News, Internet, Daily Beast, all these different outlets. Here's what they're saying and this was on January 26th, January 26th, today's the 27th, this is yesterday, headline news. Buckle in, listen carefully, and here we go. The title, the headline, Domestic Extremists Have Plotted to Disrupt U.S. Power Grid, the DHS Bulletin Warns. Department of Homeland Security, listen, domestic violent extremists, now the article begins, they call them DV, DVEs, DVEs, domestic violent extremists have been planning to try to disrupt the U.S. power grid 
and will probably keep doing so, according to a Department of Homeland Security intelligence bulletin shared with law enforcement agencies and utility operators Monday and obtained by CBS News. All right, what is this saying? Homeland Security, which is a far-left progressive thing, the same Homeland Security that is making war with 80 million citizens who voted for Donald J. Trump, consider them to be the cult of Donald J. Trump, this same Department of Homeland Security that has insulted 80 million Americans by demonizing them, by insulting them, okay, uh, the same departments, okay? What they're now saying is there are DVEs, domestic violent extremists. Who are they? Oh, these are patriots. These are Trump supporters. And in their article, they put it out in such a way that they've got this intelligence bulletin to further demonize these people, okay? Making themselves look like the good guys. Nancy Pelosi wants to save the democracy. She ruined it years ago with everybody else on her camp. So this is very deceptive, and without the Holy Spirit, we cannot interpret what's really going on here. The article goes on to say, DVEs, domestic violent extremists, developed, have developed credible, specific plans to attack electricity infrastructure since at least 2020. Identifying the electric grid as a particularly attractive target, given its interdependency with other infrastructure sectors, the bulletin reads. So those very highly intelligent Department of Homeland Security people are saying that the DVEs, the domestic violent extremists, Trump supporters, Patriots, people that don't agree with the election, people that think it was a fraud, the threat of our nation, 80 million Americans, the threat of our nation. It warns, this article goes on to say, that extremists adhering to a range of ideologies will likely continue to plot and encourage physical attacks against electrical infrastructure. These Trump supporters, they're the domestic terrorists of the day. These patriots that want abortion to stop. They don't like men marrying men and women marrying women. They don't like the Omicron coronavirus because there's no factual data. Trust the science. There is no valid science that confirms without another side of the story. They want you to stop thinking. You thinking white supremacists, you thinking patriots, you thinking domestic terrorists that like Donald Trump, voted for Trump, what they've done and what they're doing, they're shifting all ideas on them. Everything Trump is now subject to demonization. And you better be quiet if you voted for Donald Trump, they already know because you're in the system. Folks, listen carefully what the rest of this says. Still, the bulletin notes that, and I quote, absent significant technical knowledge or insider assistance, 
Small-scale attacks are unlikely to cause widespread multi-state power loss, but may result in physical damage that poses risks to operations or personnel. When asked for comment, a DHS spokesperson said to CBS News, the Department of Homeland Security regularly shares information with federal, state, local, tribal, territorial, and private sector partners to ensure the safety and security of all communities across the country. Really? I don't feel like you're really watching out for me. Word of the bulletin was first reported by the Daily Beast. Another DHS bulletin issued Sunday and obtained by CBS News warns that Russia would consider launching a cyber attack against the U.S. if it perceived that a U.S. or NATO response to a possible Russian invasion of Ukraine threatened its long-term national security. Whoa, 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 what's going on here? Russia could launch a cyber attack. The 80 million domestic terrorists, according to them, could do it. Transmission lines and substations have been fixtures of extremist-aligned online forums. So now what they're saying is that they've been watching these extremists, these domestic terrorist extremists, Uh, The Monday Bulletin goes on to point out that since 2019, potential racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists have explored attacking power stations in the Southeast if they disagreed with the outcome of the November 2020 election. All right, let's find out who really is a domestic, what is it, extremist, domestic violent extremist. The 80 million people that showed up to protest the elections on January 6th or who burned no buildings, who shot and killed nobody, or are the domestic violent extremists, the ones that we saw in 2020 and 2021, burning buildings, breaking into homes, shooting police. Maybe it's them that are now hijacking people's cars or robbing and looting the trains that have supply or maybe shooting the police and killing them. They couldn't be the domestic violent extremists, could they? Oh, no, 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 they're leftists. A man set his wife on fire who was pregnant and was out on a $5,000 bail in a couple of days. He couldn't be a domestic violent extremist, could he? It couldn't be the left that burned cities and police stations and other governmental buildings and vehicles and cars and windows and terrified and terrorized the city streets of America. They're not the extremists. They weren't violent. You bet they were. Very violent, very extremist, and very domestic. But they've shifted it that if you're a Trump supporter, if you supported your president in Washington, D.C. by showing up at a rally, you're the terrorist. You potentially can now ruin our country. You now potentially are going to hurt us while they shut their mouths and did nothing, while our whole nation was being bruised and beaten and burned and spit on. And they were told, let them vent. But don't let the right vent. Don't let the patriots vent by showing up and going, come on, Trump, with their symbols 
Yeah, they had symbols. What about your symbols or the symbols of the left, right? During those year and a half of violent um, gatherings, shooting, killing, murdering, bloodshed, punching people in the head, kicking them in the face, let them vent. Well, buildings were on fire. Oh, it's a peaceful. Wow. What guttural hypocrisy. But this is in the Homeland Security memo. This is just yesterday. And listen to what else they said. In October 2020, the Department of Justice, ah, the Department of Justice charged four suspected racially motivated domestic violent extremists. Racially motivated domestic violent extremists believed in the superiority of the white race and discussed accelerationist objectives. Gee, I heard a lot of black kids hating and punching and shooting and killing and on and on. I mean, it's both sides, right? So they, they, they got these four guys with conspiracy to damage transformers in Idaho and surrounding states. The federal indictment alleged that a handwritten list of transformers, substations, and other components of the power grid in the Northwest were discovered among the defendant's possessions by federal law enforcement. So they were going to shoot down some transformers. They're going to disrupt the electrical grid. And if it's not the domestic terrorists, well, maybe it's going to be Russia. Oh, but then again, Trump is in bed with the Russians. Oh, the Russian conclusion. I remember Donald Trump, which means all of his followers are in bed with Russia, too. So everybody belonging to Donald Trump really belongs to Russia, and, they, and we're going to help Russia do this on insanity. The, the report goes on to say that the U.S. electric grid contains approximately 7,700 power plants, 3,300 utilities, and over 2.7 million miles of power lines, according to the Council on Foreign Relations. Yet it functions as three separate U.S. grids, or self-contained interconnections of power production and transmission that include Eastern, Western, and Texas interconnections. Now, I got a question for you, okay? I got a question for you. Why do the domestic terrorists, the violent domestic terrorists, extremists that live in America, that follow them, why would they want to do that to your grid? Well, they don't like the election results. Okay, I don't think anybody liked the election results. I mean, yeah, I had a dream 14 months before Joe Biden got elected, and when I saw him in his blue suit and blue tie in my dream, he was down in a tunnel, and he knew something was wrong. And I think to this very day, he knows something's wrong. He cheated. So what? We have that opinion. Is that a crime? Is that a crime? How come it wasn't a crime to suggest for four years that Donald Trump was a Russian spy? We disagreed with your opinion. So this is absolute insanity, what's going on. But here's the point. Power grid failures during a February 2021 winter storm last February, remember? Demonstrated the devastating impact of widespread outages, ultimately killing dozens of Texans. That was that article. So what they're saying is the lights are out. And they're going to blame somebody for it, like Nero did blame the Christians for the fire in Rome. Yes, the lights are going out in America. I confirm 
If you need a witness, I confirm that God's word predicts that the lights are going out in America and America is going dark. I confirm it. The Bible says it. God has revealed it. And I believe it's true. But it's a little bit worse than that. And the inhabitants of Washington, D.C. ought to be very careful right now. Man, if you are a Washington, D.C. resident, pay attention to what I'm about to share. Pay attention to what the Word of God is about to say. You got little skirmishes going on over there in the Ukraine and Russia. You got 80 million domestic terrorists. You call them that peacefully protested truly without setting cars on fire, burning buildings, breaking windows. Yes, there were a couple of people, a couple of hundred out of a million and a half people. That's like half of a percentage point, if even that, that were disruptive, that were probably enticed by Antifa or that guy that was in the FBI telling everybody, we got to go in, but he actually worked for the FBI. Uh, so, okay, all right, we're not going to even try to go into that conversation, but be careful now. You are on high alert in Washington, D.C. God has something to say. Okay? God's spirit of truth has something to say. And what I'm about to share with you is only what I believe God is saying is going to happen. And I believe that the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and all these other people are kind of tapping in. They know something. They know something. Hmm. So what does God have to say? What does God have to say? Interestingly enough, we started our broadcast today with Revelation chapter 22 and how beautiful that's going to be the end result of everything. So whatever we have to go through, the end result is beautiful. Revelation 22, we're in the year 2022, right? else. When I woke up this morning, I flipped open my Bible. I love flipping open my Bible. We have direction in our daily devotional. We're in the Gospel of John right now. We're going chapter to chapter. Patricia and I, after taking um, what we do in the morning. So um, I flipped open my Bible chapter 22 of another book. And it was so big. The numbers in my Bible were so big. I'm going to read it to you. It's what I believe is the culmination of 20 years of prophesying what's coming upon this nation. And it goes even further back. It goes back to 1991. That's a long time ago. That's 30 years ago, plus a few months into this new year or at least a month. So we're talking 30, 31 years ago, God began to reveal what was going to happen in this country. And then for all that time, he said, go and preach the word of God, prepare the church, equip the church, inform the church, prophesy to the nation, speak to the nation. We did it very popularly, and yet here we are in the year 2022, and we are where we are. Uh, and like what God said was true, and all the peace and prosperity preachers were wrong. Um, except in the kingdom, you could always have peace and you could always have spiritual prosperity, no doubt about it. So 
But that's not what they were talking about. Blessing America. Blessing the nation that murdered 90 million babies and shed their blood. Blessing the nation that had men marry men and women marry women. Blessing the nation. You cannot do that. That's so far off. But people don't know. So they're just walking in that deception. So here's the word of the Lord. Here's the culmination. This is what God is saying. And I'm just going to read it because I believe God revealed it and said, do it. Listen to how it's written. Ezekiel. Oof, chapter 22. And I'm going to read it out of the Living Translation. Now this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, are you ready to judge Jerusalem? Are you ready to judge this city of murderers? Oh, wow. God's actually asking, all right. Ezekiel, are you ready? You ready to judge it? This city of murderers? Ooh, the blood on the hands of the politicians in Washington, D.C., that they thought they got away with the mass murder of innocent blood with baby abortion. And people think, oh, it's only an embryo. We saw scientific fact that at conception, a spark of life goes off. You have murdered a lot of innocent blood in Washington, D.C., by your Supreme Court and by your legislative branch of government and by all those people that supported that idea, you're in trouble with God. You are in trouble. And I'm just telling you what God says. So he says to Ezekiel, are you ready to judge this city of murderers? Publicly denounce her detestable sins, tells Ezekiel. You go public and you denounce their detestable sins. He was talking about Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. And today he's talking to Washington, D.C., the capital of the United States of America, right? No doubt about it. This is God's word to Washington, D.C. You need to listen. You're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble, Joe. You're in a lot of trouble, all you Congress people, all you senators, all you Supreme Court. I don't care, Stephen Breyer, replace, go do all your games. There's something else going on way beyond, and you kind of know, but you don't get it. Tell their detestable sins and give her this message from the sovereign Lord, okay? Here's the public message to Washington, D.C. From the Lord, O city of murderers, doomed and damned, city of idols, filthy and foul, you are guilty because of the blood you have shed. You're guilty. I'm telling you, Washington, D.C., lawmakers, judges, whoa, whoa, can you hear God's heart? It's not me. I'm just reading. I'm the messenger. Here it is. You are defiled because of the idols you have made. So in the Hebrew language of God Almighty, calling Washington, D.C., a city of murderers, doomed and damned, city of idols, filthy and foul. You're guilty because of the blood that you have shed. You are defiled because of the idols you have made. Your day of destruction has come. The end of your years. No, can't cover the mouth. Sorry. Publicly say it. Okay. Washington, D.C. is filthy and foul in the nostrils of God. Their politicians are women. 
They are playboys and playgirls, and they're on the list of thousands. They are corrupt. They are liars. They are deceivers. They are mockers and scoffers of the things of God. And if there's one in there that started out good, he got eaten up by that political machine of debauchery and shame. Oh, the leaders are filthy. When they called it a swamp, it was more than a swamp. God saw it in another spiritual perspective of a foul and filthy city of murderers. Oh, you're in trouble. Your day of destruction has come. You have reached the end of your years. I will make you an object of mockery throughout the world. You know, I was looking at this in the King James, and I couldn't help but think, my God, this is so true right now. Listen to this, how it says it in the King James, chapter 22. It says, I... Therefore have I made you a reproach and a mocking to all countries. Those that be near and those that be far from you shall mock you, which are infamous and much vexed. When people look at Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the false election results, they mock the stupidity coming out of the mouth of this man. This is like an insane, backwards freak show. Really. There's nothing right about it. And the people know. Putin knows. Xi Jinping knows. They all know. The people that they're demonizing know. The only people that don't know are the people that are it. Now, he says, Oh, infamous city. Filled with confusion, you will be mocked by people far and near. Every leader in Washington, D.C., who lives within your walls is bent on murder. Fathers and mothers are treated with contempt. Foreigners are forced to pay for protection. Orphans and widows are wronged and oppressed among you. You despise my holy things and violate my Sabbath days of rest. In other words, in our modern vernacular, in a new covenant era, you don't obey the instructions of my word. You have caused this city to be filled with shame and crime and corruption. People accuse others falsely and send them to their death. That's what's happening right now. People in Washington, D.C. are accusing people that have nothing but innocence for when they went to D.C. on January 6th to honor their president. Nothing but innocence. They came innocently. No blood. But they accused them falsely. Why? And send them to their death or they put them in prison. You are filled with idol worshipers and people who do obscene things. There's a lot of obscenity up there. Men sleep with their father's wives. Ooh. And have intercourse with women who are menstruating. They're so wild upon their lust, they don't care. Within your walls live men who commit adultery. And just go find some of the, the call girl books of the, some of those big uh, model agencies. Pizzagate, hello. And commit adultery with their neighbor's wives who defile their daughters-in-law or who rape their own sisters. Wow. There are hired murderers, loan racketeers, and extortioners everywhere. 
They never even think of me and my commands, says the sovereign Lord. So they got people that they send out to put a hit on people. They hire murderers to murder anybody that is against their opinion. They demonize half the country and say that they're righteous when they're the ones murdering innocent blood. Whoa, is it confusing to those who don't know. But now, you filthy and foul city, you doomed and damned city, whose day of destruction has come, whose end of years has now come. But now I clap my hands in indignation over your dishonest gain and bloodshed. How much dishonest gain was made by the Pfizer companies, Moderna companies, vaccination companies? How much dishonest gain came from body parts of little babies and innocent shed blood, a multi-billion dollar business that was legalized and sanctified by the Supreme Court of the United States? How much blood is on your hands? You're going to find out very soon. God says it. You're in trouble. And God is denouncing your filth and your sin. You call good evil and evil good, and that's just because you're twisted, and that's what God said would happen in the last days. He said, how strong, oh, but now I clap my hands in indignation over your dishonest gain and bloodshed. How strong and courageous will you be in my day of reckoning? I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I said. I will scatter you among the nations, purge you of your wickedness, and when I have been dishonored among the nations of you, you will know that I am the Lord. And now watch this one. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, the people of the Israelites were called Sodom and Gomorrah. He says this. He says, the people of Israel are the worthless slag that remains after silver is smelted. They are the dross that is left over, a useless mixture of copper, tin, iron, and lead. So tell them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you are all worthless slag, reprobate, useless, I will bring you to my crucible in Jerusalem, Washington, D.C., just as copper, iron, lead, and tin are melted down in a furnace, I will melt you down in the heat of my fury. I will gather you together and blow the fire of my anger upon you, and you will melt like silver in fierce heat. That sounds like a nuclear bomb going off in Washington, D.C. It sounds like maybe a few nuclear bombs going off in Washington, D.C. He's going to melt that city. You should be on high alert. Homeland Security knows something. Homeland Security years ago in 2009, in 2009, Homeland Security was preparing for a nuclear strike against Washington, D.C. In 2009, in September and October of 2009, on the History Channel, you could watch it, the uh, continuity of government, the COG plans, was preparing for a nuclear strike against Washington, D.C. And the Homeland Security said, if you're a terrorist, where would you want to strike in this country? And they showed 20 times 
a nuclear blast going off in Washington, D.C. Homeland Security did. Now Homeland Security is saying, well, the domestic terrorists are going to shoot our grid, and if they don't, Russia will. <clears throat> they know something. God knows something, too. And he says, I'm going to gather together and, and blow the fire of my anger upon you, and you will melt like silver in fierce heat. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury on you. God's fury is about to be poured out on Washington, D.C. An electrical grid disruption is nothing compared to what's coming on this nation for its insolence, its filth, and its foul conduct before a living God. And I know there's a big battle. I don't know the day. I don't know the hour. I don't know when God's going to fulfill his word. I just know Ezekiel 22, in the year 2022, this is one side of the day, and it is dark. The other side is getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I get that, walking in the Spirit. I'm just reading what God's saying. He says this in 23. Again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. Tell them. In the day of my indignation, you will be like a polluted land, a land without rain. Your princes, your senators, your Congress, your judiciary, your Supreme Court, your presidents, your princes plot conspiracies just as lions stalk their prey. You know, this administration has been plotting conspiracies while blaming everybody else for being conspiracy theories. They got all kinds of things they got lined up for the dissenters. Your princes plot conspiracies just as lions stalk their prey. They devour innocent people. That's what you're doing, Joe Biden, D DHS, all you people that are going against and intimidating people that supported our president. What are you doing? What are you doing? It says here, they stalk people like lions stalk their prey. They devour innocent people seizing treasures and exhorting wealth. They make many widows in the land. Your priests have violated my instructions and defiled my holy things. Not even the places in D.C. They burned a church down in Washington, if you remember. That was prophetic. They make no distinction between what is holy and what is not. They do not teach my people the difference between what is ceremonially clean and unclean. They disregard my Sabbath days so that I am dishonored among them. Again, in New Testament vernacular, you're not doing what my instructions share to you to do, be a doer of the word. Your leaders are like wolves who tear apart their victims. They actually destroy people's lives for money. And your prophets, oh, listen to the prophets of America. Your prophets cover up for them. What? Your prophets cover up for them by announcing false visions and making lying predictions. They say, my message is from the Lord when the Lord hasn't spoken a single word to them. What is the message of the false prophets? It's all going to be good. Donald's coming back. Work together. Everything's okay. Prosperity. Live as normal. Watch out what God is saying in the year 2022. Even common people oppress the poor, rob the needy, and deprive foreigners of justice. And here's a very interesting final passage in 22. 
I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one worthy. People have stood up, tried to stand in the gap, but they were caught in the hypocrisy. They had compromise in their hearts. They didn't have the spiritual fortitude to stand in the knowledge of God of what's really going on in our world today. Now, you know, this is a very strong word. And in sincerely, this word being directed at Washington, D.C., my God, I would think from the White House into every, I think people should be on their knees. Those leaders in, in, in the Supreme Court that passed the innocent bloodshedding laws, they should be on their faces begging God. Oh, forgive us, oh God, for what we have done. And they're taking this thing to an nth degree. They're stirring a civil war. They're wanting bloodshed. They're wanting to destroy. And God said, oh, you know what? I don't need you. I've got my own weapons of war. And man, I'm telling you what, what God is saying to the city of Washington, D.C. in this country is not healthy. It's not what the false prophets are predicting. What God is saying through the prophet Ezekiel is the real deal. And it fits our nation perfectly. Perfectly. So now, he said, because I found no one, so now I will pour out my fury on them, consuming them with the fire of my anger. I will heap on their heads the full penalty for all their sins. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. In other words, you wouldn't repent. All this trouble we've had for so many years, you would not repent. You're still filthy. You're still foul. You're liars. You're hypocrites. You're hurting the good people. You're doing wrong. You're dividing the nation. You're blaspheming my son. You're blaspheming the word. You're still shedding innocent blood. You're doing abominable things that you promoted. Your day of accountability has come. It is. Mock it. Scoff it. You're now. You who mocked God and his messengers will now be mocked. You're going to be mocked. The nations are going to stand back and look at the condition of this country and go, oh, my gosh. It is nuclear. It's beyond nuclear. I don't know what it is, but God said, I'm pouring my fury, my anger, my heat, my fire on on you. Now, this is a total split in the day of the Lord. I just presented the dark side of the day. But in the beginning of our broadcast, I presented the light side of the day. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, with the divine intelligence of God, you will be led by the Spirit into Goshen, refugees, protection, blessing, God's inward prosperity, your needs being met, peace, joy, love. Oh, yes, it's there in the kingdom, in the Holy Spirit. That's where you and I need to migrate deeper into the Holy Spirit, the kingdom. It's a mindset. It's a spiritual reality. Transition from the soulical to the spiritual because the the psychology of our nation is about to be disturbed deeply to the degree that men's hearts will fail them for fear of what they see coming upon this earth. Their hearts will melt. They will go into psychotic delusion and fear and it's going to be crazy because they're going to hate and they're going to betray. They're going to, oh, my gosh. You live in the soul realm, your psychology won't handle this. This thing 
is designed to wipe out the psychological uh, facade of peace and safety. It's not going to be. And when people see the cover ripped off, if they're not in the Holy Spirit, knowing these things are coming at some point, we don't know when. But my God, it seems like it's at the door. 2022, Ezekiel 22, get in the spirit, get in the river, get that river inside of you. Let it take the lead. Let it flow. Let it go. So will the lights go out in America? Yes, they will. America is going to go dark. The idea is to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. There will be little lighthouses of gathering places for the elect of God. The corrupt believers will not be able to enter into those places of gathering the way that God's going to set it up. There will be little places of refuge scattered far apart in particular low areas of this country. The rest of the world, I don't know. I know this country is going dark. God showed it. I believe it with all of my heart. God is going dark. And then Homeland Security seems to know something. And God for sure knows. Will Washington, D.C. be destroyed? Yes. It is so arrogant against the Lord. It is such an arrogant place. And everything connected to it. And it's just going to be tough. So if you can envision the... United States Capitol, the White House, Washington, D.C., the inhabitants, super nukes, not little tiny ones, super nukes. That place is going to melt everything in it. Then the lights out, or prior to the lights going out, or whenever this happens, you have a combination, and now you have a society whose government has been taken out, the lights are out, and now you sink into hell of what's going to happen in this country and on these streets. Right now, you can't see it. God's word sees it. God's word declares it. He says it very plainly. Not preparing for this. If your greatest preparation is, it'll never happen, or I'll be out of here in a preacher of rapture. You've got really two bad plans. I want to give way for comments. Um, if anybody out there is wanting to listen uh, or shine or share right now, um, you're welcome to do so. Uh, we'll go to the phone lines. The number is 818-369-0326. i uh, got some good mornings going on in the room this morning. I want to say good morning to our friends. Laquita is with us this morning. God bless you, Laquita. Rule and reign in the midst of your enemies. Hallelujah. Uh, Terry's with us. Good morning. God bless you, Terry. Kevin Hauger is giving a good morning this morning. God bless you, Kevin. Cindy Messman, good morning. Pastor Vincent, good morning. Cindy, God bless you. Uh, Pastor Melissa Fletcher, giving a good morning. Good morning to you. David Ellison, good morning. God bless you. Oh, by the way, wasn't that fun? Pastor Melissa, Chad, and all of us. That was great, wasn't it? It was awesome. Um, Denny Sossman, Pastor Denny, good morning. Pastor Vincent and Kingdom Saints, amen. Uh, Charlotte Gotch is with us. Good morning, Sister Charlotte. God bless you. Uh, David Ellison says, talk about a well. That's a deep subject. Ha, very good, Dave. I like it. Uh, Terry says, how many of us need Jesus to Terry two days? A lot of Holy Ghost in this. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, Terry. 
Uh, that's the swamp projecting they're going to try and black out the nation as narrative needs building a straw boogeyman. Yeah, very true. Uh, Carol Page Carey, good morning. Good morning, Carol. Uh, Megan Cotton, good morning, Megan. God bless you. And then we have our uh, friend Terry again saying, America's Achilles heel is its power grid. It goes down, chaos results, millions will starve to death. Illness, cities be the worst. Suburbanites have no idea how to eat without Walmart, et cetera. Well said. Joyce Young is with us this morning. Good morning, Joyce. God bless you and Jim Stapp. Good morning. So uh, good morning to those that are listening uh, or viewing on YouTube, Facebook, maybe OmegaRadio.org. You can view from OmegaRadio.org. And uh, for those on our blog talk radio, again, the number is, let's talk about what we just heard. I mean, there's the number on the screen. What did you just hear? What, you know, how does this resonate with you? To me, it's like full-blown lights on, reality. But I'd like to submit it to you. And we went public with it. And so let's get into a couple of phone calls here. Remember, there's the number 818-369-0326. And make sure to press one on your dial pad. Let's take our first call this morning coming in, area code 605-695. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. God bless you. Good morning. Yes. uh, As I was listening to your program and uh, following the things that you were bringing out about our country, America, even the first president of the United States, which was George Washington in the 1700s, God gave him a vision while the Revolutionary War was going on. And God showed him the birth, the progress, and the destiny of the United States which was called the Republic. And this is well worth for people to read this because these things, two of these perils have already happened with the revolution and then the civil war. And now the next one will be when these nations come and do an invasion upon our country. And of course, You need to read this whole thing people do. And if you want to get into that website, you have to go to www.propheticroundtable.org and then ask for the vision of George Washington. Amen. And and Kathy, I've read that several times. And uh, it is quite a telling vision about the third peril. And by God, does it line up. That's an excellent Resource. You could probably just go on Google and type in uh, vision of George Washington. It'll pop right up or go to prophetic round table either way. But yeah, George Washington kind of had a vision and something was revealed to him by an angel about uh, the history of this country. And we are in a peril right now and win or lose. I know the other side of all this great tribulation is the kingdom of God. And I know the Lord is coming. The dead are going to rise. We are alive and remaining through this great tribulation, we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So we welcome the kingdom of God, the King of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, that is our hope. Praise God. <clears throat> so to God be the glory and we're, this transformation that people have been speaking about, we are in it right now and we will have to go through it. Amen. And people in Washington, D.C. should be on high alert right now. They should be on high alert just as the Department of Homeland Security is sending out their warning about, you know, the domestic terrorists are going to hurt their grid. 
which wouldn't surprise me if they're, you know, like Nero, they start the fire and then blame somebody else. It doesn't matter who does it. And Nero started the fire and blamed the Christians. So this new leftist administration in Washington, D.C. could do something and then blame whoever they want to. So whatever's going to happen, high alert, because the citizens of that area, of course, if they did something, they wouldn't be there, would they? Um, Danger. High warning alert from the word of God, not from Homeland Security's bulletins. Okay. Anything else, sister? Uh, Yes. You know, uh, it says in the Bible, it says, you know, the word of our testimony, and we're to love not our lives unto death. So even in America, there is going to be great persecution coming. So we need to stay very close to Jesus Christ, God the Father. Amen. Amen. Stay close to the great shepherd. Couldn't agree anymore. Hallelujah. All right, Kathy, thank you for calling in. God bless you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Shalom. All right, the number to call, 818-369-0326. We're at 1033 already. Um, We'll stay on just a little bit longer if you have any comments about what you're hearing today. Uh, We said some very serious things, very, very serious. But it's not just taking a script or the scriptures and acting. It's something that in the spirit is so alive, it's so real, it's so the environment, the atmosphere seems to be so conducive. And God just simply stepping into the time saying, you know what, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And you think you're going to use your distractions with all this make-believe stuff going on over here to achieve your goals, well, I'm going to bring a major distraction. The people you're going against, I'm going to do something in your neck of the woods It's going to keep you busy for a long time, and you're going to leave my people alone. Not so sure. we got to find out how God's going to do it. I think it's very real. Um, anybody else? Okay, going once, going twice. Well, just if you have questions or comments, or we're just going to let it sila, going to let it sit, and we're going to wait. Amen. Amen. By the way, did I show you my cup? This is my, it says, don't, right? Don't, and don't shed, don't shed, right, on me. And it's got Titus 3, 5, and 6. It's got the little thing here, right? Cool cup. If you want to get one, let me know. I know the guy who has the source. Uh, we also got sweatshirts, T-shirts. See, by the way, if you want a don't shed on me shirt, you could actually go. Let me show you the banner on that one. You could actually go right here to this website, bit.ly forward slash shedjesus, bit, lowercase, dot, L-Y forward slash shedjesus. You can get yourself an awesome Don't Shed On Me t-shirt or sweatshirt. Um, Great gifts. People wear them all the time now. It's awesome to see. Okay. It's gone quiet. We're going to say goodbye. And uh, by the way, if you would like to support the ministry, there's a way to do that, and that's on the screen as well. And we'll just show you how you could support this ministry by sending a gift to P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. You could also give online at nwmglobal.org under Donations tab. And you can also go on your text phone, 41088-OMEGA. And then just type in the word give, 41088-OMEGA. Type in the word give, and uh, that's what we do. 
Shirley said the shirts are awesome, and they are. Okay, I was hoping that we would have a little bit further conversation. Wanted to hear what the Spirit of the Lord was saying to you, but uh, we'll just let it sit for now. See you tomorrow. God bless everybody. Have a super wonderful day. Remember, what side of the day are you on? In the dark, cloudy day, or are you in the light day where the glory of the Holy Spirit dwells? That's where you want to live. Anybody could do it. Man, if you've been caught in the darkness and you want a way out, Jesus is the way out of darkness into light. You can turn while there's time. Because at some point, we're all going to expire on this earth. At some point, unless the Lord returns and we get caught up to meet the Lord. But even that's an expiration date, though. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of this day. If you're listening right now and you're one of those leftists and you're angry, ah, you don't repent. Giving you enough information. You should know the truth by now. Light is, you know, it, it shines in a dark place. Repent of your unbelief in Jesus Christ. Not everybody that went to Washington, D.C. is a domestic violent terrorist, guys. Come on. Stop it. Repent while you can, because God, you've got some power, but you don't have any kind of power like the Lord has power. And he does not want to destroy you. Get out while you can. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Come on. Let's get real. Let's get real about the truth. Jesus Christ is your salvation out of the destruction that's coming on the earth. is temporary. It's your eternal soul that is going to be destroyed. And that, you cannot tolerate it. Believe me. You cannot handle this. Believe the gospel. Believe the Bible. Believe the word of God. If devils told you not to believe it and they tricked and said, oh, we twisted it to make it. That's nonsense. It's the word of God. It's been saving souls for 2,000 years. Get born again. Get saved. Repent. Stop it. Stop what you're doing. Who knows if the Lord will repent and have mercy? I mean, he can. Sometimes it sounds like he's not, and things look like it's not going in that direction. Oh, let's see. Let's see what this is saying here. Let's see. Okay, they must lock me in lockstep. Okay. Let's see. Mm. Unvaxxed Canadians. Oh, did you hear about this? The unvaxxed Canadians banned from buying groceries at Walmart and Costco in Quebec. <whistles> unvaxxed Canadians banned from buying groceries at Walmart and Costco in Quebec. I guess there's a 47-mile line, uh, 47-mile line of truckers. At, that, at the edge of Canada, in a particular area, protesting their government's mandate forced vaccinations, that they're saying truckers can't go across the border without being vaccinated. So, um, yeah, now you see the persecutions beginning. That's interesting. Pastor Jeff Bass, good morning, Pastor Vince. How much time do you think we have here in Washington, D.C.? Pastor Jeff, I don't know. It's like every day is just these messages keep coming and I don't know, but I know this because you love the Lord and you're led by the Holy Spirit. You will be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. Um, you know, when I'm, I'm speaking these things, I, I, I forget that you live there 
and uh, we have some other friends that live in that area. Um, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit in everything, and God will tell you, and you will know what to do. And uh, just press in and um, take hold, and you know that. You're going to be okay. In Jesus' name, you will be okay. Wow. Things are happening fast. See you tomorrow. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.